Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here this morning. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, folks, as usual. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, the United States of America. And good morning to the rest of the world. Welcome. We are going to have a great day. You are going to make it a great day. My name is Egberto Willis with Politics Done Right. And without further ado, we pass it on to our great geniuses in the studio. Good morning, senores. How is it this morning? Well, we're still looking for those geniuses, Egberto. We don't well, see I, them anywhere. <laughs> I still see them every single morning, every single morning. Anyway, guys, how are you guys doing? Oh, we appreciate the vote of confidence here. We just keep the tin cans and string glued together. And so far, they're holding up. We keep our mm. fingers crossed. We're doing good. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, I'm here with some headset issues, but, you know, we always fight these issues through. We get the tin, as you say, we get the tin cans up and going. So we are making it happen. Anyway, what's the word tin of the day? String. Yes, All sir. Right. Well, Jack has the word of the day here. Good morning, Alberto. Good morning, sir. How are you yeah. doing? I got a little short rant on uh, unfettered capitalism here. <laughs> Talk oh, to me, no. sir. Oh, no. <laughs> you see the world spinning out of control. That's what deregulation brought you. That unfettered capitalism and open, unrestricted markets is what's fueling the greed and lust for more, more more it's unsustainable we're living in a bubble a big soapy greedy bubble and you know what happens to bubbles they pop if we can get past the greed bubble humankind might survive it requires a change in philosophy and perspective change in perspective about where is humankind really going and where do we want to go and a change in philosophy about how to get there. Unfettered capitalism is an animal that only knows hunger, and it will devour all, even the people wielding it. What kind of animal? You know, I... Uh, the vampire man i couldn't i could not say that any better my brother thank you so kindly for those words sir and folks we are going to have a great show for you today the title of the show is and i'm not sure which one i'm starting with i'm i'm just kind of feeling things out right now uh for those of you who got the newsletter first thing this morning it said nurse dings healthcare system then ten thousand dollars per month nursing home then listen questions my 9-11 coverage yesterday. A young nurse calls out the healthcare system but knows the solutions. She talks about it. A $10,000 nursing home takes issue with taking a patient to the toilet. A listener was unhappy with my 9-11 coverage. They sent a letter to our GM and our program director and I, uh, it's a fairly long, not long letter, medium-sized letter, the, the email that they sent. And I responded with a detailed response, and they responded, and uh, I told them, you know, I, 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 that I was going to talk about that letter on the show today. 
And I, of course, I will maintain their anonymity unless they decide to call in while I'm discussing the email that they sent. But I want to talk about that. But beforehand, I think I'm going to play a rant from a nurse. I had to clean it up a lot so that Howard wouldn't have wouldn't have to use that button. But I cleaned it. I think I, I cleaned it up very well. I think I got all the the uh, profanity from this nurse out. But she made such important points that uh, I think we ought to hear. But before I get started with that, because all of you guys know that um, my pet peeve has been healthcare, and it's been healthcare. Before my wife got lupus, it's been healthcare before my daughter had her two strokes at a very young age while in medical school. Uh, but it's ironic that um, some that a person who has been a a a boxer for healthcare, fighting for healthcare, uh, getting an equitable system, a fair system. That all these, uh, for all practical purposes, calamities that allowed me to see these things firsthand would occur. You know, one of the reasons I think healthcare is such an issue is that at any given time, most people are relatively healthy and they don't have to interface with the system all that much. But for those who have to do it at any length, they see the, the inefficiencies of the system and they see the inhumaneness of the system. I've seen it with my wife. I've seen it with my daughter. I've seen it with my mother-in-law. And the interesting thing about it, we all had insurance, had always had insurance and had never gone without insurance coverage. So for those who have issues, think about it. Anyway, uh, before I get started, though, it seems like Johnny is here early with a rant. So, um, Brother Johnny, come on in. Fortunately, it's not a rant. This is going to be quick because I've got to take care of the trash recycles. All right. <laughs> Talk uh, I agree with our Native American brother from another mother, Magic Jack. And I want to dovetail with something he just said, as well as something I heard prior to him on Arnie Arneson, one of her... A guest towards the end of the program, and it's since it, this has inspired me to announce that from this day forward, I am going to try as to best as I can to from now on not say the words Republican voter, rather, I'm going to try to say people who vote Republican because at the end of the day, they are people like we are, and I think that's a more accurate framing, although it's, it's more cumbersome. I think a uh, Republican voter is inaccurate when we think about historical voting. Now, we, you and I both know that a supermajority of Americans, 60 to 75 percent, agree with sentiments that I express here every day, whether it's economic or political issues. So I think uh, I'm going to do that from now on, people who vote Republican, including, I'll even say, Brian. That's right. Well, you Finally, know, I... Uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, sir. Okay, so you like to say that I'm the mayor, so I say, Mayor McCheese, please. So if I'm the mayor, I don't need an assistant. I think uh, Brian right now is filling the role of the Hamburglar. But what I'd like to know is who can we find to fill the role of the cop with the oversized, delicious 
head. Uh, <laughs> hamburger, <laughs> hamburger bun covered with uh, sesame seeds. Maybe I could fill that role because I like that cop carries a billy club. And maybe Will can be Mayor McCheese. What do you think? Hey, I, I, that, I'm not getting in between you and Brian. I'll, I'll leave that between you and Brian. But let me tell you, my brother, I agree with your, what you decided to say those who vote Republican. And that is those are the folks you also want to talk to and say, let's go through these items one for one. And I think we're going to kind of do that today when I go over that letter that I did. But thank you very much, Johnny. Go take care of your trash. All right. Oh, yeah. oh one last thing real quick. You should, I think you misspoke or maybe I misheard you. I thought you said healthcare instead of healthcare. So I'm thinking, yeah, we need to go to healthcare and get off of healthcare. Oh, well, you know, uh, I, I mean, I am on healthcare. We, we're trying to create healthcare. So I, I actually, I said healthcare, but I like, I like the pun that you just gave out there. That's pretty cool. Thank you, my brother. You go take care of your garbage. All right. Okay. It's recyclables. All right. Take care, buddy. All right, folks. Uh, that, that was the mayor, Johnny. Uh, anyhow, let, let, let's, I tell you what I'm going to start with. I'm going to start with the traveling nurse. It's about a seven minute piece. And then I'm going to go on with the, uh, the person who disapproved of my lack of coverage of 9-11 yesterday. So let's, um, uh, let's go ahead and play that. And then we'll take it on the other side. The healthcare system is in shambles, and the people who know it best are the nurses who work with people day in and day out. You know, the older nurses, etc., you know, they just think the system has to stay that way. But I mean, with social media and many other ways of getting information out, it is great to have these young people now engaged as nurses that are doing what they're supposed to do. Here we have Lex Hinckley, uh, a 27-year-old nurse based out of San Diego, California. She is doing her job. She is, is pointing out the deficiencies in our healthcare system, and she is completely on point. Uh, this one of our, uh, our PDR Posse uh, members brought this to us. I want you guys to listen to this. Thank you so kindly for uh, uh, for for this one here, Tom uh, Sarnik, because we couldn't or we have to get these people's these folks that are actually making a difference. We got to get their faces out there, and she's doing a darn good job of doing it all on her own. But let's do it all for her as well. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. It is virtually impossible to be a ethical healthcare worker in this extremely unethical healthcare system. The amount of times I've had to discharge patients back to situations where I knew they weren't going to be able to take care of themselves, but I had no other options is truly too high to even give a number to. If my career as a healthcare worker has done anything to my worldview or life, it has simply radicalized me further than anyone could believe. But more so than anything else, I know in my heart that there is no way, shape, or form that we improve our society as a whole without completely dismantling for-profit healthcare. I'm going to share with you guys a story that is so beyond disgusting and yet completely unsurprising. And I have seen varying levels of this happen at every single hospital I have worked at. I've been a nurse for four years. I've worked in seven states. It is happening everywhere. And if you think your hospital is different, you're wrong. Recently, and I mean, as of December, 
Hospitals in Louisville, Kentucky came under fire for leaving patients outside on sidewalks. They do this in front of shelters. They will drop patients off in front of shelters just like this. But sometimes they don't even take them to the shelter. They literally leave them right outside the hospital. This specific patient was left in this condition in 36 degree weather. The whistleblower who brought this to the media was a female employee, presumably a healthcare worker at this hospital. And she said she sees this a lot. This reporter said, so I started watching and on December 16th at 7 p.m., 35 degrees outside, I recorded three security guards surrounding an elderly woman with a walker and slowly escorting her out of the emergency room. In order to understand what could potentially lead to a situation like this, we need to know two things. One, the United States has a law called EMTALA, which basically says that healthcare workers in emergency rooms and hospitals have to, at the very least, stabilize patients meaning make sure they're not actively dying before discharging them. The second thing you need to understand is that when you defund social programs, it all ends up in the ER. When you defund senior care, when you defund psychiatric care, when you defund shelters, whether it's homeless shelters, woman shelters, when you defund the safety nets that our society needs to prevent people from beginning a crisis downward spiral, they end up in the ER. And simply put, ER workers and hospital workers are already at their wit's end. We cannot act as a catch-all for every single issue in society, and yet we are. Here we are doing it. And at the very same time, treating people like literal garbage should never happen. Should never Happen, and yet I understand what caused that situation to occur. Because I'm sure that in a red state, like, red state like Kentucky, those social programs are even, even worse funded than in the states that I've worked in. So these people, and by these people I mean patients, healthcare workers, and their bosses, have no f options. Meanwhile, the executives of that hospital are probably f out on a trip in the Caribbean on their seventh yacht. The only way to fix this, the only way to fix situations as unethical and disgusting as this from happening is to fund solutions. We need to fund proper safety nets for our society. In this country, if you lose your job, you lose your health insurance, you potentially lose all of your income, which means you're not gonna be able to pay rent. Well, then what happens if you get sick? Do you see what I'm saying? We don't have safety nets for our poor in this country. We have a greased chute. And at the very bottom of that greased chute of poverty is a trip to your local emergency room because everything ends up in the ER. And then we have nowhere to place people. We have no way to help people. And so people in that position get frustrated because they feel like they can't do anything and they're being expected to have the answers for a very up system they're having to answer for all of these executives these corporate executives who have privately funded their own bank accounts instead of publicly funding our communities so while it is disgusting and inexcusable for any healthcare worker to treat a human being like that i am telling you, society, you and me right now, we're leveling with each other. The only way to avoid that happening is to fund social programs. 
We have to fund elder care. We have to fund psychiatric care. We have to actually develop systems to help unhoused people. Look at what the mayor of Detroit has done. There are options. There are solutions for these problems, but they cost money. They cost money. And we as a society have said that we're a-okay with 400 people having 70% of the nation's wealth while our community members get treated like this. They get treated like this. We yes, folks. Yes, folks. I hope I, I, I hope some of you get to see the video uh, that um, that that of, of this that went along with this on both uh, KPFT uh, Facebook dot com slash KPFT Houston and politics and right dot TV. Um, welcome aboard. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Eric Hayes from Kingwood, Texas. Neil Maxson from I don't know where Neil Maxson is from. You can throw that into chat as well. Uh, but before I move on to the other subject, I, I want I want to go on a minor civil rant here, because as I watch this young twenty seven year old nurse explain these things, and then I listen to many of our baby boomers and older Gen Xs, the people that are wedded into the fallacies that uh, the media puts out there from the corporate uh, executives and the healthcare industries, giving people the false belief that they have choice in healthcare, giving them the false belief that somehow our system is the best in the world. It isn't. We have the best technology in the world. The United States has the best technology in the world uh, because based on how our system works, again, and this is hard sometimes to put it in, into words, we have the best technology because technology goes to where one can uh, profit the most. That is understandable. Uh, so if you don't have a cap on how this is made, it is, you don't, you get the best technology money can buy. You don't get the best technology that serves humanity. In other words, if, if it weren't that executives could invest super high amount of money in, let's say, technology A, technology A wouldn't rush to America where only the people who can afford technology A to enrich the person who can capitalize on technology A. Uh, it only those people who can afford to pay the extortative measures required to get that technology means it stays in the United States more than anywhere else. So yes, the, the United States would have the best technology. But that same technology, if America did not monopolize on how much can be made on that technology in one place. The same technology would exist throughout the world. And that's what people don't understand. An economic system can stifle technology from the rest of the world. It's not that, it, that, the, that economic system creates the best technology. It's that because of human nature and how things work, that technology gets isolated. A good example is Costa Rica and Cuba. Okay, uh, you can you will live longer in Costa Rica and you will live longer in Cuba, and we have the best technology here in the United States, right? 
And the reason why is the, the basic technology for what ails most of the people in the world are taken care of by simple things. Now, if somebody in Cuba gets some sort of a disease that requires some of the latest high technology that we've developed here or in Costa Rica, that person will likely die. But if we hadn't monopolized on that technology proper, and I want you to really understand this part here. If we had not monopolized on that technology proper, remember, the people who develop all these technologies are not necessarily Americans or educated in America or whatever. The largest growth in, in, in technology in the world comes from the combination of people throughout. But it comes to America because we have the easiest way of funding for, you know, funding capitalizing. Now, if that weren't there, if we didn't have this system, think about how all these same things would get developed, but not concentrated where the highest bidder is. And that is what is so hard to convey to the average American citizen, to the average capitalist, to the average person. They don't understand. It is hard to see through several degrees of freedom that, be that what you're doing, what we are doing, what those companies that go give the highest bid, etc., does is it isolates technologies that would otherwise still exist but throughout the world, at a price that everybody can accept, as opposed to it going to the bidder. And that is what is so hard to convey to people. It is so hard to convey that what we've done, what our economic system has done, yes, we haven't stifled technology. We've ensured that we ration technology, we have ensured that we force the technologies in areas where capitalization is easily attained, when capitalization would not have been the must for knowledge. Think about this. The people who invent things at universities, the, the, the drugs that you use at universities, most drugs don't get invented by the pharmaceutical companies. They Remember, capital companies don't take risks, inordinate risks, that is. Remember, the most important thing is reduction of risk. Why do you have insurance companies? Insurance companies spread risk. Corporations are there to maximize their income of their shareholders. As such, they try to move risk away. And who is the best risk taker? Who takes the most risk? The people many of you on the right like to defame, like to neglect. The largest risk taker in our country is your government, our government. And the reason why is they owe, if they fail at something, they don't lose a job or something of that nature. So where are risks taken? The government invests in, in universities to and their research departments. Half the medicines that they'd start to try with, or I, I don't know the exact number, but they don't work. But they test and they test and they test with government money. The same thing occurs at corporations when they apply for an NIH grant, the uh, National Institute of Health grant. 
It is our money that they risk. Corporations risk our money. Uh, these schools risk our money. And when it seems viable, when it seems viable, then the corporations say, ah, that's a risk that is better than 50-50, we'll take it. And when they take that risk, they generally, are, are a large percentage of that win occurs, they make money from taking that, that risk. And then they may look at you and say, but you know, two-thirds of our drugs ultimately fail or they give you some crazy number, right? And then they want you to feel suffer. That's why we have high prices because the drugs fail. That's not why the drug fail. Uh, that, that's not why the high prices come. Because for every drug that fails, I want you to listen to this well. For every drug or technology that fails that these corporations build, they do not lose money on failed on these failed drugs because they write off these failed drugs off of future profits. So when they're making these big profits, they go ahead and say, ah, but before we show any profit, we pay for the drugs that failed. So they didn't lose any money on the drugs that failed because future profits of that corporation pays for the failed drugs. So they they lie to you and give you a reason to accept high drug prices, high uh, prices for equipment, high prices for hospitals. And the answer to figure out wh why what I'm saying is an absolute truth is to look at their income statements and to also look at their balance sheets. And what you'll find very well is that number one, when it comes to drug companies and these research companies, most of your money is not invested in research. It is invested in marketing, shareholder value and bonuses to executives. And if you if you take that one step further, that is like taking money out of each of your pockets and just giving it to a few, the few shareholders, the few executives, and again, marketing companies that market. You notice all those drug, when you're watching the news at five o'clock or 5.30, whatever time you watch it in your state, if you notice all the news that you watch on TV, it's a large percentage of drug, uh, uh, drug advertising. That is a very expensive spot to advertise. Why should you? Why would drug companies be advertising drugs when doctors should look at what ails you and say, based on what ails you, we should use drug A, B, or C? Why are adver Why are drug companies throwing these? ads on TV in prime time where it costs a lot of money to advertise. Why are they advertising these drugs? You are paying for the excess amount of the pay of what that drug costs. And let me tell you better. It is so that you will go to your doctor. When you find out you have all these diseases, some that makes no sense, ah, uh, shaking hand syndrome or whatever. Oh, we have a new drug. Does your feet jump? Then uh, go buy this particular drug, and then they buy the drug, and you go to your doctor and say, Doctor, I want you to prescribe drug ABC because I saw it on TV, and they say that it works. And the, drug, uh, and the doctor is not going to say no, because he's scared that it'll get back to the drug company that somehow 
you were saying you were told the drug doesn't make sense. John Carter, welcome to Politics Done Right on the internet as well. John from Houston says, when we make our medical system all based on profit, the care goes down, the costs go up, and access is limited. That is a very, very true statement. So, people, uh, before I go to Harry. I, I want you to first stop believing what you see on TV. From the drugs that are advertised, ask why would a drug need to be advertised? Why is it that a doctor, you only need to send pen flips to doctors. You don't need to spend all that money advertising on TV. Why do drug companies do that? They just need to advertise to every single doctor in the world about a drug. They don't need to send mass drug advertising to people. They don't. But they do because they understand it's about business. It's not about your health. But we have to educate ourselves. We have to be smart. We have to understand how this works so that when we say the most efficient way to have our medicines are after you, if, if, a, if, a, if a medicine is produced or initially produced by a university, that university becomes a stakeholder. If they want to use a pharmaceutical company for further development, they can and let that, that pharmaceutical do all the development they need. But they are stakeholders, which means if the pharmaceutical company want to charge a million dollars, charge it. But as a stakeholder in developing the drugs, that profit got to come back to the university, to the, which means to the government, which then pays for the drugs. And that will isolate having us to pay the ridiculous thievery that comes from the drug companies and the healthcare companies. We have to understand this isn't about fairness or this isn't about uh, how we develop drugs or making it better at all. This is just thievery. Let's go to Harry. Come on in, Harry. Good morning. Hello, Alberto. Can you hear? Hello, Alberto. Uh, my co-birthday partner. How are you I doing, my co-birthday partner? Talk to me. I'm uh, I'm doing great, and I just love the way you educate people about these uh, complex topics. And you just you're a very knowledgeable and just a very informative person. And I'll give a shout out to John before I make my points. I love his Bear McTees, uh comments about politics and about economics. He's usually right on point. Well, first thing I want to start off is I. When you played that piece with the nurse, I really enjoyed that piece when she was talking about if you lose your job, you get sick. Uh, another person who's, if you get sick and you lose your job, then if you end up in the ER and you gotta pay, you got, you get stuck with an expensive bill, they, they just look at it, uh, just go somewhere and die. Uh, another person who says that is the person who besieged you. She talks about that all the time. She gets very emotional and that is Artie Artisan. Now she calls herself the bat because she's, uh, uh, about 70 years old. <laughs> she, she gets topical on that show. But I, I, I love her. She makes a lot of sense. And then, uh, one other, uh, person I used to listen to, I haven't listened to her in a long time, but your man Jack made this comment a few weeks ago. Privatize the profits, socialize the cost. And a woman who said that all the time when I, when I first heard that, I used to hear that, uh, was a woman named Randy Rhodes. Have you heard yes. of her? Yes. 
Of course, I know she used to be on a, uh, when we had that progressive channel uh, radio uh, uh, radio. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, she's a, she's now on spe- free speech TV. My brother just yelled it out to me. He said it it was Air America. Air Tom America, Hartman, exactly. Yeah, Tom Hartman, Stephanie Mills, all those people, right, uh, uh, were on. Uh, have been on there. Let, uh, let, uh, given that you brought up Air America, hold a second, Harry, because I'm glad you brought brought up Air America. Air America was trying to do what right wing radio is doing right now, which is just go out there and educate, educate, educate. And in the case of right-wing radio, it's misinform, misinform, misinform. But Air America was there and Air America didn't survive because of this particular reason. And I think we uh, we have to do better. Hold on a second, Ari. I really want to tell our audience this. We have to do better. Uh, And what I mean is the following. Right-wing invest in their in their sources of misinformation. And that is because they don't know they're misinformed. They, it's not, it's, yeah. but what we do here at KPFT, what Air America attempted to do is to put the truth out there with verification, right? And right. The, the station right. Right. did not survive because they couldn't stay funded. I want to speak to all of us. Right. Let's fund our sources, people. Let's fund our sources because they take advantage of us. That When you see the wealth gap and all of that, it's we who did that. It isn't the wealthy. Per- the wealthy person used our ignorance to get wealthy on our right. backs. Please invest in our resources. Continue, Harry. Exactly. There was another uh, person also on Air America. God rest his soul. I loved him. And before my dad died, he always loved the way he talked. His name was, uh, I'm sure you know who it is, Ed, Ed Schultz. Ed Schultz was a great guy. I knew Ed Schultz, yeah. Yes, he was. I met him. And I loved him on TV as well. I listened to his TV program, too. And Excellent. My brother said, uh, if he were in this room right now, he said, I'm trying to get him to call you. And he's, he says he's thinking about it. But his take on as far my brother Alan's take on as far as healthcare. If you don't have, if you have problems with uh, financing with money, if you can't afford the way these Republicans talk and they think, if you can't afford to pay, you can't afford to stay. That's why we gotta get keep. We gotta have government sponsored healthcare. We gotta have what Bernie Sanders is always talking about, single payer, and we gotta keep Medicaid alive. Like I told you on the show a few weeks ago. And, you know, uh, I was thinking about this as you were talking about this stuff earlier. Because you educate people like that, that hater that sent, sent you an email that wants you thrown off the air is probably, could be one of these people that, uh, what you're always talking about, that most of the money when these medicines are made the few benefit because it's corporate greed. And I wanted to make one other point. You, you guys were talking about, I should have called you when you guys were talking about this on you talk, you and uh, Steve, Hunter, you were talking about Mayor Adams and talking about immigration. That guy is said, said that stuff about, about, about immigration destroying will destroy this country because he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds him. Those corporations that give him, uh, donations to, to help keep them elected. So that's Harry, you, you nailed that. Nailed that, Harry. I want to. I want to. I, I, I don't. I want to go ahead and uh, say a few more things. So let me uh, ask you to wrap up in five seconds here, and then I, I can go on to the letter that that you just alluded to. Okay. 
Okay, and I want to mention one a shout out to Howard. I love his "90 Degrees in the Shade" heavy shift. That's one of my favorite songs. But I hope he's able to play some more of the requests he, that I. He do. loves you. You'll get your songs, Harry. Thank you very, very much, my brother. And thank you for always listening. Thank you for always calling. Hey, brother, you keep up educating people. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day. You have a wonderful day. Um, what Harry said is absolutely right. And we've got, we, we have got to keep getting informed. And um, look, I hold no animosity to the person who sent this letter. And, you know, when you send a letter to a uh, title to the GM and the program director, that's exactly what the intent, the intent is to create and say, hey, throw that sucker off the air. But, you know, like I said, I make sure that I make sure that our stuff is all over the place, not only here in KPFT, but everywhere else. But let me just say this. This is important. We have to start taking responsibility for what we've created. The healthcare system, while there are bad people doing bad things, we are the ones who decide that we would be gullible enough to believe the things that they say. Now, you have somebody like myself and many others out there trying to get the truth out. What I ask you is not to take the things that we say at face value. Go ahead. Stress test it. And what I've told insurance execs all along, including anybody, any exec that is driving down the streets of Houston to work well, or in their helicopters going to work right now, or anybody in our healthcare system that would like to uh, refute what I'm saying, this is an open call. This is an open door for anybody who believes in our system right now. For anybody who believes this is a good system, this is a system that can ultimately work. The nurse said it best. It can't. 713-526-5738. Anybody, absolutely anybody who thinks what I'm saying is not true, call. Let's talk about it. 713-526-5738. 5738. The only solution, as the young 27 year old nurse has alluded to, is a single payer healthcare system that is not, that paying a bill is not based on profit. And secondly, for all the things that use government money, our money, the money of the taxpayer to be developed, that the corporation should not singularly profit from that, but our investment in that should come right back to the people. We, the American people, we have to stop being snowed by those who mislead us and those who rob from us. Okay, anyhow, yesterday was 9-11. And I don't think there is one American in this country that does not take that to heart, that does not believe that is that was wrong, those people shouldn't have died. Everybody believes that. Everybody knows that. Uh, so I didn't. I had no intentions yesterday. I had intentions just to say, to 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 just say, I'm sorry that happened. Shouldn't happen. Whatever. But I, you know, um, the the thing, the, the, this program isn't to go ahead and regurgitate what we know occurs every single year. Uh, There are other stations that are doing that. So I didn't. Uh, I got an email. 
But Augie's on the line. So before I read the email, I'll go to Augie. Augie, give, let's talk for a couple of minutes, brother. Talk to me. Okay. Well, I meant to uh, call you yesterday because of 9-11. And 9-11 has a connection with our health care system and how it's failing. Yes. So the responders that went to 9-11, the first responders could not get medical care that they needed. And there was one place where they did get it, and that was Cuba. Yeah. And Michael Moore took the boat load up. As many first responders from 9-11 from New York City, he took them to Cuba. And there, they were treated royally. And it was free. They didn't charge the first responders anything. And when they had to go back, the doctors flooded them with all kinds of prescriptions that the doctors knew they would need when they got back to the United States. Mm-hmm. It was all done for free, and and uh, and finally, when that uh, there was a one of the uh, responders went to, had a Senate hearing, and uh, he berated the Congress people there. Hey, we risked our lives; we deserve a better better medical care. And uh, and then he died not uh, long mm-hmm. afterwards because of his medical problems that he couldn't get treated here in the United States for. It, it's all about money, Augie. It's all about money. Anything else, Augie, before I, I get to the reading of this letter? Because I want to get to this before we we finish. Anything else? And, and, and like I said about the, the NIH, uh, they do the research on all these prescriptions and stuff. Right. Uh, these are government uh, scientists. Yes. And they cannot patent their discoveries. But the ones who can are these private uh, pharmaceutical companies. As soon as they get the hand, first one. They're parasites. The and that's what people have to understand. Yeah. The pharmaceutical companies are parasites. Look at the definition of parasites, and it fits perfectly, Augie. I mean, some people take offense when I say that because, oh, they spend so much on research. No, they are parasites. Anyway, uh, thank you, brother. And you, have a, you have a thing for, like, word of the day? Well, word of the day for today is politics. Thank you, uh, brother. Politics comes from the Greek word for many. Ticks comes from blood-sucking parasites. Exactly right. Hey, thank you, Augie. Folks, Augie is one of our great supporters at KPFT. He's been been around for decades, man. Hey, thank you, brother. All right, let's go. Uh, Eric Hayes, I I want to read what Eric Hayes says because it has to do with 9-11. It says, please remember on 9-11 and uh, that 2,997 people killed and over 6,000 injured on that day 22 years ago. We honor their sacrifice for our country and pray peace and comfort for all their families infected. We hope and pray for the spirit and unity of our country that emerged in the aftermath of 9-11. That statement could not have upset me more. And I'll explain. These people, uh, when, uh, these people did not ask to be sacrificed. So when somebody says we honor their sacrifice... It, it is under the assumption like they put themselves in some position that they wanted to sacrifice. They did not. I am tired of hearing people tell military folks, uh, thank you for your service, but won't give them health care, but won't give them what they need. I'm tired of innocent people dying and other people buying the glory, glory, hallelujah, and telling them, uh, thank you for your sacrifice. These people did not ask to be sacrificial lambs for America's deeds at all. 
I, I'm going to read the letter real quickly for what the person sent. He said, I wanted, this is what a, a caller, or not a caller, a listener to Politics and Rights sent. He said, I wanted to relate to you my most sincere disappointment and the fact that your show host this morning did not mention anything at all about 9-11 terrorist attack and remember those that we lost. He, he excused, his excuse was he did not want to mention because it was 22 years ago and all the things that are being done as a result of 9-11. That is a flat-out chicken SHIT reason. The only reason he even said anything is because callers called in to mention 9-11. The fact is he hates America and all it stands for. No matter what side you are, left or right, I think we all agree that it was a tragedy and, and lives were ult- unnecessarily lost and we remember and honor those respectfully but what would I expect because I listen to Democracy Now! and the You Talk show as well as they sure do remember and honor everything that happened to Muslims or tragedies abroad I wish I could call in but I am driving when this show is on air then I am at work the rest of the time and cannot call in but it's so irritating to hear all the left bias on these shows they claim to be non-bias which I never claim they always start or end with Republicans this or Republicans that everything is blamed on Donald Trump and Republicans and that caller Johnny oh man he comes on and spits out how contentious conservative callers are now if he isn't the most hypocritical caller I've ever and every time he calls in to the show I continue to listen to the program because it gives me insight into how the crazy left thinks. 9-11, remember the fallen, never forget. My answer to him was, first of all, any listener who spends the time to write an articulate letter to object without being completely irrational or hateful, this is my answer, is my kind of listener and must be answered. I intend to change your view that you are only listening because it gives me insight into how the crazy left thinks. Before I answer in detail, I must posit an absolute statement. You do not love America more than I do, or most of those of us on the left do. And in my case, I am a naturalized citizen. I chose America. It is silly to hate that which you have chosen for some spouse notwithstanding. And as a naturalized American, I am no less American than born Americans whose roots, except for the indigenous people, are from elsewhere. Loving one's country means not keeping one's head in the sand for its flaws, but putting them out there and solving them. You don't show love for a child or a parent by allowing behavior that will ultimately be their demise. Now, let's talk. I will not apologize for not concentrating on that real bad thing that was 9-11. Many other stations and programs are doing that. It does not mean I condone or do not believe it was an evil act that killed thousands who did not deserve that false, that fate. Unfortunately, in America, we have different levels of gradation for humanity. Do you feel as bad for those innocent people in New York, in D.C., and Pennsylvania who died on 9-11 by terrorists as you do for several more thousand that are military killed in my home country, Panama, when Bush allowed several of our areas to be flattened with bombs indiscriminately. We consider that collateral damage to get one man, Manuel Antonio Noriega, who not for drug trafficking as advertised, but for saying no to the CIA. In other words, we killed all those Panamanians, not because uh, uh, of Noriega for real, but because the CIA couldn't use Noriega 
Noriega for Nicaragua. Uh, why did I bring up Panama in the answer? It is just an example of our modus operandi, the blowback from bad foreign policies by our politicians driven by wants of our oligarchs, plutocrats, and psychopaths create blowback that is the kindle of terrorism that kill thousands of innocent Americans. It all ties in. How do you think the relatives of the 10,000 Panamanians uh, who died in Chorrillo, Colón, and David, Panama, feel? How they uh, how many of them would want vengeance, just like Bush wanted vengeance for 9-11 as he got hundreds of thousands more killed? You see, it's a cycle. I do not claim to be unbiased. I am very biased. I believe in the policies most Americans believe in. I wrote several articles about it, and I gave him the links to the several articles. As far as being respectful to the 9-11 victims, they will not have some false respect from me, some false respect from me. They will get real respect. That means making the changes that make another 9-11 less possible. Shallow statements like, thank you for your service, frivolities, and other types feel good statements do not do nothing. My contribution using politics done right is not to provide the standard Powell memo indoctrination narrative, but to make us think outside of the box. When enough of us realize we are all on the same team and getting played by a select few who can only exist if we at each other's we are at each other's throat, then the change that perverts not only terrorism but uh, that prevents not only terrorism from abroad but our domestic terrorism caused by the policies of and psychological games by puppeteers and as a bonus we will live a more pleasant life thank you for reading thank you for listening to the show and be sure if you have some extras to make sure and make us whole uh he responded stating things i mean his response wasn't very good i must answer and i won't go into read it because we have a caller on the line but as you can see i will not apologize for doing the right thing. All those people that are, uh, I thank you for your service and all of that are the people that are doing nothing for you. If you want not to have a 9-11 again, then we need to prevent the things that caused 9-11. And saying silly statements like, they hate us for our, our freedom is silly. They don't hate us for our freedom. That's the lie that makes you feel better. Come on in, Brian. You got two minutes. Brian, you're on. Hear me. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. First off, when you go to a personal attack, you've already lost a debate. So you have another caller that continually uh, uh, degrades the, the other caller. I'm not going to name his name, but when you make a personal attack in a debate, you've lost the debate. Let me stop you there. Do I ever make a personal attack on you, sir? Did I say that? Oh, okay. I'm another? sorry. I, I just wanted to make sure. Go ahead. Continue, Brian. I'm sorry. Okay. I misunderstood. Yeah. Now, uh, about the baby killers. Uh, I, was, I was in the Marine Corps from 80 to 84. I knew a lot of veterans that were in Vietnam. And they, they didn't like the, the idea of being called baby killers because they weren't. That's Hollywood's perception of what took place in Vietnam. It did not happen. Okay. Now, the, the one that struck me the most was an American Indian. He overcome racial divide, 
hatred amongst the, the, the people. But he gets to come back home and he gets called a baby killer. Okay, now you had Lena Hidalgo. Who did she have uh, promoting her uh, uh, re-election? Hanoi Jane. Jane Fonda. Who called our American service members killers. And they should be hanged in the trial of, of eggs. Okay, let me, uh, Brian, I, I have two more callers. So give me a closer real quickly of what you want to say. Okay. It, I just did. Okay. All right. I, I, I accept it. I, I, I you know, look, uh, I, I, I try to be, I, I try to make sure that everybody get their peace. And I, I hear you. I'll talk to you about the Vietnam stuff tomorrow because I have something else. I want to go to Evelyn and then I'll, then we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow. Thank you for calling in, Brian. Appreciate you. All right. Come on in, Evelyn. Evelyn. Uh, okay. Let's see. Our Evelyn is going to be on the air in one minute, uh, in a second here. Uh, come on in, Evelyn. There you go. You're on now, Evelyn. I just want to make a comment regarding the, what you say about Panama. What yes. In Panama, mm -hmm. That people also forgot that 50 years ago on 9-11 uh, in Chile, the U.S. Uh, promoted and supported the... The, the, against Salvador Allende. Agosto Pinochet, and yes. Culture, and nobody remembers that. Right. So here in the U.S., only the 9-11. I, I agree with you. We feel sorry for the people who died in the 9-11 attack. Uh, we, we, we support the families, and we are, you know, in the same um, line. But... There are other actions that the United States has made in many countries. Many Absolutely. Countries. A lot of people have died and nobody in the U.S., in the media, the politics, they don't talk about it. Miss Evelyn. Americans value the lives other people also value. Miss Evelyn, that is the reason why we talk honesty here. Look, I got one more caller, Miss Evelyn, but thank you so kindly for calling in and making your voice be heard. Please, everybody, call earlier so that I can spend more time with you. Mucha gracias, Evelyn. Miss Silence, do good or come on in. You got a minute. Hello, Egberto. Carry on with what you're doing, and we love it. And don't take any heat or sweat from that. And keep putting the facts out. Thank you, brother. Appreciate appreciate you. Thank you so kindly. Anyway, folks, uh, uh, look, um, like I said, nobody at, I, I want to just put, say something about our station here, uh, just to kind of answer those who want to call us left-wing folks that don't love America or whatever. You could not love America more when you want to make sure that it doesn't do things that can cost it lives and cause people lives and the things that we've done have shown to have caused lives and we can tell you why evelyn just made a statement of augusto pinochet uh, when allende was overthrown a good guy was overthrown by a criminal and that's who we supported there's a whole lot of stuff that we have to understand around the world palsy walsy welcome to politics done right <clears throat> uh, and uh, I'll see if I missed anybody else. If I missed you on the internet, I'm sorry. I'm going to throw this to the control room since we have about a minute and a half left. Come on, control room. What are your thoughts? I think that we're doing a very fine job of bringing the truth. And uh, I feel sorry for people who don't think so, who don't think that. I must uh, 
I must disagree. We do bring the truth to you. You know, whether you like it or not, I mean, sorry you don't like your truth, but you know, it's the truth. And Egberto does a very fine job of doing that. I must support him. And you must support KPFT. We're coming into our October drive. You might want to think about uh, shortening that by making your donation as soon as possible. 713-526-5738. And now we go to Jack for some wisdom. The best health care money can buy. The finest law money can buy. And I do think about the 911 deaths and the loss that we went through uh, and feel it very deeply. I'm just not sure which side the terrorists were on. Thank you so kindly for those those words. Folks, let me tell you one more time. Um, uh, Everybody here loves our country. Everybody here uh, hates that uh, bad things happen. And the bad things happen, believe it or not, because so many of us are uninformed, ill-informed, misinformed, or all those other things. Now, I ask you, never ask you to take my words at at, uh, face value. Corroborate, corroborate, corroborate. But I tell you what, I do my homework every night for you. Every day, not night, day and night for you. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank the control room, Howard and Jack. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.